0: What a week it's been! So much to talk about, and so many things
1: we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Skell, and you are listening to Behind. No, sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark, and I'm Harris, and we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right. We're back. Harris, we're back. They thought we were dead for like the 12th time. They thought we were dead, but we're not. We're back and it's time for an episode.
0: Still kicking, baby. Happy Halloween. Happy Scream season, everyone. I'm sure we'll yeah. talk about that a little bit later on. But yeah, if you haven't been watching Scream every night before you go to bed,
1: what are you start doing? doing that now. Yeah.
0: Catch up. Come on.
1: You have three of them to watch, not the fourth. Don't watch that. It's 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 unwatchable crap. But the first three <laughs> must must watch. For sure, uh, oh, dude,
0: we got to watch eight legged freaks before the month is out, too. I forgot oh, about that one.
1: Oh, speaking of eight legged freaks, I was talking with my dad the other day and uh my dad was like, "Yeah, I've been watching a bunch of horror movies because it's uh, it's October." And my dad just has downloaded a million horror movies, just basically anything you could think of. He was just downloading different horror movies, and and uh, and he was like, "You know," what? he's like, and I ended up talking about Scream because I finally showed that to him like last year because he hadn't seen it, and uh, he doesn't like it nearly as much as he should, which still bugs me. But um. Mm-hmm. But he was like, yeah, speaking of David Arquette, you know what movie I just saw that's fantastic? And I was like, there's no way you're going to say Eight-Legged Freaks. And he was like, Eight-Legged Freaks. (laughs) (laughs) He he likes the movie a lot. So he he loves Eight-Legged Freaks,
0: but not Scream.
1: Yeah, he thought Eight-Legged Freaks was hilarious.
0: Mm, Well, I guess that is a, uh, which it is, is a different vibe.
1: which it is. And he, he just loved, he loved David Arquette in that movie. Cause David Arquette, it, like it, it's such an underrated performance because David Arquette is literally being like the most sane horror movie character of all time. <laughs> like he's literally the guy who's like, no, we're not going over there. Cause that's dumb. Like he's that type of character. And, uh, so that was just, I thought that that made me laugh. And I was like, man, I need to, I guess I need to watch eight legged freaks again. It's been, it's been too long. Uh, well, I know.
0: Yeah. I laugh. know what we're doing for one more episode before this month is out. At least that'll
1: Ooh. save us a topic. I'd,
0: I've never seen it. That's why Wait, I said, we you, need hadn't, to do you haven't it.
1: watched it. I could have sworn we, we both watched it as a thing like last year or something.
0: No, that's what I'm saying. We got to get on that.
1: Huh? i know i did i know i watched it and i could have sworn i could have sworn you did but i guess not um... <laughs> all right yeah that's definitely something we're doing because we did that with scream i know we did do an episode on scream yeah. last year so yeah that that can be our david arquette halloween special for uh Perfect. for this year eight legged freaks all right we'll do that maybe for next well i guess we have to do that for next week halloween will be over anyway so <laughs> oh well uh, hey, my, no, that's my, fine. That's close enough. That's close. Yeah, enough. Yeah, it might. Oh, wow. It might be a little late, but that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. So, that's yeah, fine. keep that in mind. Good gosh. Uh, OK, speaking of Scream, I have rewatched the first two Scream movies. I, I didn't get a chance to watch the third one yet. I'll watch that maybe today or, or tomorrow. But um, uh, yeah, that was that was fun. That's just always a fun thing. If you haven't if you haven't rewatched the Scream movies, you, you got you, you need to You're just you go out and do it. You You owe it to yourself because they're just a joy. And obviously, the first one is the best. Like, it's not even close. Like, the first one is by far the best. But the second one, I think, is underrated. I don't think the second one's bad at all. I, I enjoy the second one, and the third one, it's not as good as the first two, but it's still, it's still okay. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, the big thing is tonight. Of course, we're recording. We record this on Sunday, so by the time you guys are listening to this, it's already happened. But on Drew Barrymore is doing. She's doing some movie show on CBS I don't know if this is a normal thing or if it's just a special for today but uh they're they're showing Scream on CBS tonight and doing like a big watch-along thing with with Drew something with Drew Barrymore's show and uh I know David Arquette's doing a watch-along on Twitter so that that's gonna be fun I'm looking forward to that
0: yeah, I'm glad you brought that to my attention. I am kind of curious to see what the censorship
1: situation is like on CBS. Ooh. Although to it, be fair, Scream is a pretty—I mean, I mean, it is rated R, but it's a pretty tame horror movie if you really think about it. I mean, yeah, compared
0: to—I'm—I'm like, I'm not a hardcore horror fan by any means, but you compare it to something like the Saw movie. Well, I mean, yeah, it's nothing like that. Like it's
1: there's but one even, or two
0: shots like.
1: Even like the Friday the 13th movies or something like it's not nearly yeah, as gory yeah. as a lot of that.
0: No, it's all about the uh, it's all about the suspense, baby. It's the character. That's why it's so good.
1: It is. It, it's one of my top four uh, horror movies for sure. And two of them are Wes Craven. So Wes Craven, man, I don't know how he was able to do that. He creates like two of the most successful horror movie franchises 10 years apart, like in two different decades. Like that's just that's insane. That's insane. That dude's brilliant. Nightmare in Elm Street is my favorite horror movie of all time. And Scream is like either second or third. It's right up there in my top top group. But, uh, but yeah, that's happening tonight. Not that you guys care because it's already over. But That's fine. Go back
0: and listen to our Scream episode from last year. We yeah. haven't name-dropped Scream enough and shot this thing completely off the rails in the first <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> Go listen to that episode. It'll scratch all your screen itches. It's yeah, great. It's a good yeah, time.
1: It is. Go check that out. <laughs> all right, Harris. Mark um, Hell in
0: a Cell's tonight. If you're really... It is? I know you love
1: WWE and current events. I mean, i had been seeing Hell in a Cell stuff on Twitter, and so I figured it was coming up, and it's October, but I honestly I had no idea it was tonight. Hey, look at this. I am I have CBS on right now, and here's the, uh, the commercial for it with Drew Barrymore.
0: Classic
1: scream star Drew Barrymore. Yep, yeah. hey, and it's narrated by the guy who plays Randy. At least that commercial was interesting. Um, nice. Uh, anyway, just derailed it even further an already de- <laughs> derailed podcast. Um, what were what were what what did you just say? What, what was the direction we were headed? I
0: oh, I just threw. I think you were about to segue into the episode, and I just threw a wrench in that and said, "Hell in a Cell's tonight." I oh. haven't even. Yeah, I didn't know following it. I'm sure you haven't. either. Yeah,
1: yeah. So like it's, you know, it's
0: what is there to say about Hell in a Cell that hasn't already been said by everyone, but including us on this. I don't know what's
1: going on, so I have nothing to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't I haven't been tracking a lot. I've been keeping an eye on what's happening, but I haven't been watching too much. It's just it's hard to get into anyway with no fans. You know what I mean? Like none of this feels real after a while. Yeah and yeah. hell in a cell shouldn't be a pay-per-view and you know, we all say that every year and they just keep trotting
1: it out there wwe should never do a hell in a cell match again
0: somebody pointed this out and i completely forgot but it's true the last two hell in a cell main events have ended in dqs the last two years <laughs> they've been non finishing.
1: wait what yeah they had yeah, a dq in a hell in a cell match Two oh years yeah, ago, you're right. Because one, uh, one of those was uh, the one of those last years was the uh, the the fiend thing. Because I remember yeah. we 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 were we had just finished recording an episode and it was going on at the time, and then we were like we just like flicked it on and it was so insane. We actually started doing a live commentary on it. Yeah, that was I the totally one where about um, that.
0: Bray Wyatt pulls out like a giant cartoon yeah. hammer. And yeah. that's fine. And, but and then he was disqualified Rollins, somehow. Well, no, no, it was Seth. He wasn't disqualified. Oh, who, it was well, Seth Rollins was. who was like, well, I know he hit me with his nightmare clown hammer. But if I bury him under chairs and then hit the chairs with a set of steel steps, that's when the ref draws the line. That's what like, it was. No, we cannot allow this madness to continue.
1: That's what it was. Oh man! It was an entertaining
0: show, but not in a good way. No, in a no. way that it was. I mean, like, in a good
1: way for our show.
0: Oh yeah, no, in a way, and like <laughs> you're like, oh, the crowd at this event is chanting AEW. That's <laughs> fun. Like, <laughs> so whatever happens tonight,
1: oh, I'm sure it'll, it won't
0: be that entertaining, no. and there won't be anybody there to chant AEW if it goes off the rails. I, d- but,
1: I completely forgot about that. That was fun. I'll give Hell sell a, a pass for that because that was so ridiculous. I did enjoy that. Oh man. Well, that's fun. Uh, AEW is still going strong though. I enjoy watching that every week. It's still, it's still been quite entertaining. Uh, some things are weird, like the the Broadway musical number that Jericho and MJF did. That was that was that that's something for our show. How do you feel about that? By the way, I, I feel like it's pretty
0: polarizing.
1: I I don't really care. I mean, I don't, I don't care at this point. AEW can kind of do anything and I kind of know what I like and don't like. And most of the stuff like that, that they do, I don't mind. It's, it's more certain finishes and stuff that, that bug me a little bit that have bugged me a little bit with, with AEW so far, but that's about it. Most of the other stuff they can do is fine. I think some of the storylines are a little weird. I don't get the young bucks thing that's going on with them. Like being bad, but it's just, it seems very lazy and very odd that, that whole thing. Cause they're doing it with like multiple people right now. They're kind of doing it with Cody too. Mm-hmm. And the young bucks and Kenny Omega, like they're mm-hmm. all doing it. And, but it's, it doesn't seem to be related. So it's just like, are did they all not? Uh, I guess Cody, they walked back a little bit. Actually, it looked like they were going there and now I don't think they are. Now I think they've gone back full face. Um, but they're doing it with Omega and Young Bucks for sure. They're both mm-hmm. like toying this kind of heelish behavior, but not really. And it almost just seems like I don't know. I like the I like it with Kenny Omega more than the Young Bucks because I think he's better than the Young Bucks at pulling it off. This seems yep. like more of him slipping back into that. I've never bought the Young Bucks as heels ever in any way, shape, or form. Yep. I just I just yep. don't. Um, and so them doing this fake heel thing, it's, it, I just think it's kind of stupid, but, but the Kenny Omega thing, I think is awesome. And, and I like that a lot. He came out and squashed the first round of the thing. I think all that's great. I think that he had this big interest and just squashed Sonny Kiss in one move. I was like, that's the right move because Kenny Omega is the man. We all know he is the man, but he's not been the man since AEW started. So I like, I like that a lot.
0: I think that's, that's that's good. That's a really fun alignment of, like, kayfabe reality and what everyone already knew, which is that, like, since Dynamite started, people are like, all right, when are we going to make this the Kenny Omega show? Yeah. Like, what's happening? And uh, they're leaning into that. They're like, hey, it's happening, guys. And Kenny Omega's like, hey, guys, check this out. Boom! I love Just it. I Sonny love Kiss it. Then- I
1: love the attitude of, like, I, I'm, I'm, the, like I'm the best. And I've been the best since I came into this company. We all know it. I've just been biding my time and letting other people do, you know, have their fun. But as soon as I actually care and want to, I'm going to destroy everybody. Like, I like that a lot. Especially, I also really especially enjoyed, if it goes into um, the cleaner, more of a heel type with this. I think it's even better. That type I was going
0: to say, the girls with brooms yep. during the entrance, <laughs> that's... Oh, it's it's the worst, but it's a great <laughs> heel move. Even if he hasn't come out and started like,
1: although you know, to me, wh- was kicking it kicking puppies yet? Was it kind of a little weak? Like just two of them? Like that? That? That's it? Oh no! Here's the thing, though. I think there's gonna be I think
0: there's gonna be more every week. I think it's gonna like increase in ridiculousness.
1: That'd be fun.
0: I think you're going to get to the point, like, whenever he's challenging John Moxley for the title in six months, there's going to be, like, 17, like, flanking the ramp all the way down. I think it's going to get more elaborate. And I also yeah. think if you want him to be a heel, only having two and having them stand there and sweep for, like, 45 seconds before <laughs> he comes out is a great heel move because it's agree. infuriating.
1: I agree. You know, it's one thing, though. I'm a little disappointed they did this with Cody already because I – I wouldn't – it wouldn't be my first pick because I'd rather see like a big epic thing, but I wouldn't mind this whole Kenny thing of him literally just destroying everybody, like including Moxley for the title. But they already did that with Cody, but I think that could be – an. I like that story, especially with someone who's been as dominant as Moxley has been. I think that could be an interesting character shift for him and something to play with, and then Kenny Omega can be the guy. But but they've already done that they did that with Cody and Brody Lee with the TNT title where he came out mm-hmm. and squashed him and then Cody was gone so they I don't think they can really do that now but I was thinking about that the other day, other day I was like that'd be interesting and it would and it would be disappointing just because you wouldn't get the epic match between you know Moxley and Omega which we would all want so that's why right. it wouldn't be my first pick but I was just thinking I was like that wouldn't be a bad story move. I could see that. I think – I mean I've enjoyed Moxley's title reign just because he
0: has been really good and Mm -hmm. has won in like really smart, tough, intelligent ways. Like he's been a cool babyface champion in that regard. I think if you wanted – you could do the thing where you have Omega squash him and then just have him come back in the rematches super close, and that's where you have your big classic. I mean they did that in WWE with Brock Lesnar and John Cena and Brock – Not right after he came back, but after he ended the streak in 2014, he just annihilated Cena at SummerSlam, took the title. It was this big, shocking moment. And then they had another match a month later. You know, it wouldn't have to be a month later. But, like, the rematch was your much more typical, like, 50-50 Brock Lesnar barely wins sort of affair. And you keep him – you know, you give John Cena a lot of his shine back at that point. You end up in the same spot, but you still have that crazy – whoa, this big title main event was a squash match kind of moment. That was yeah. really cool. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, they still might do that because it'll be at least a few weeks before we're assuming that he wins already.
1: Right, right.
0: He finishes the tournament, and then there's going to be a build, and then there's going to be the title match. Like, There's still some time for them to recharge and do that angle again. But
1: yeah, either way, it's exciting it's to also, see him. But, it, but it's also way more risky with AEW than it is with WWE because yeah. AEW literally just does the four pay-per-views a year you know right. and so that so you can't you can't do that you, you just i just don't i don't think that's practical like just as a business model you can't have one of your four pay-per-views the most anticipated thing in in a squash match i feel like that they're kind of at least, as far as that storyline goes, they're they're kind of backed in a corner.
0: Yeah, I could see that, but you know, again, this is assuming a lot of things. Right sure, now, it's sure, just sure. fun to see him kind it, of flipping that great. switch.
1: It's great. I've enjoyed every bit of that. It's 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 so nice to watch. But uh, but yeah, no, AEW has been great, and we got we're we're gonna get Orange Cassidy and Cody again uh, two weeks later for another title match because the last one. Uh, the time limit went out before Cassidy was able to win, so I, I, I was a little. That's a little weird. Just doing that again, right away, and, and I love that in Cody's interview on the show. That's exactly what he said when Dasha asked him. He's like, "Well, I don't know why we're doing this again. Like, we ju- we just did this, but okay." And I was like, "Yeah, I kind of kind of feel the same way, but I'm also all for it because the match was amazing." I don't know if you watched yeah. that match, but it was incredible.
0: I didn't – I saw the interview clip you're talking about because I watched this week's episode, but I haven't been following it as regularly as you. So I know that that happened. Yeah, you're right. I mean from a booking perspective, it's perfect because everyone likes Orange Cassidy, Mm -hmm. and he's fun to watch. But then you also have Cody who's like – he's not a heel. He's just leaning a little bit more heelish than Orange Cassidy right now, I think. Well, sure. And he says, well, that's stupid. Like I – Ty goes to the runner. You know, we had a count out, so I'm still champion. He didn't win. I thought the whole point was we have different people fight for this thing and he didn't win so why does he get another shot? I liked all of that as like the character rationalization, but yeah, booking it again makes perfect sense. So I'm I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the uh the uh, but back-to-back weeks we've had outstanding matches. I mean, we have those a lot of times on Dynamite, but we had that Cody Orange Cassidy match and then this week we had Penta and, and Ray Phoenix which was just amazing again, which I mean, you expect from from those two guys who have wrestled each other mm-hmm. for 30 years since they were five and you know have like a thousand matches between them so you would expect that level of chemistry but yep no it's there (laughs) it was there full display and it was great Uh, that was a lot of fun i enjoyed that a a lot and man phoenix kenny omega this wednesday unless they do the squash thing you know which is possible that could be Mm -hmm. that could be a lot of fun
0: I imagine it'll. I imagine it. It won't be that quick, just because yeah. Phoenix is too big a name to get knocked out instantly. But
1: yeah, you would think. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, that's that. That's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. I'm gonna. I'm gonna enjoy that. But anyway, it was another good show at Dynamite. Again, th- there's been like maybe two or three okay Dynamite shows that I can think of that like weren't at least good. Like week in and week out, they're always good. And there's always at least one or two like great things on every show. I feel like, so I enjoy it. But anyway, time to move on. Oh, well, I was gonna do a "What's Up with David Arquette," but we already did that. So, you know, open with that,
0: baby. Yeah, we. That's the much most
1: important thing this that. time of year. It, it really. That is that is very true. <laughs> that is very true. Um. All right, Harris. We finally have a topic. Ooh. I I think. And so <laughs> take, take it away. I always love it when you lead with the hesitation.
0: Like one week, I'm just going to be like, no, this is it. Have a great week, everybody. But because- no, there is a topic. I I will. We, we flirted with the idea of doing this last week because I knew what I was going to do. But the timing just didn't quite work out between finishing up the tax deadline that weekend and then vegetating all weekend and then watching georgia blow another lead to alabama and then watching the braves blow another postseason series i was just like you know what we're just gonna we're just gonna not we're gonna give me this week to get it all out
1: and that's exactly what happened
0: so our topic for this week uh i know we've hinted at before this is something that we've touched on never really in depth but it's a person uh you're familiar with it's a wrestler that I've spent a lot of time with and I'm not a particularly big fan of. A lot of people aren't a fan of them. That's of course the man known as Erwin
1: R. Shyster. Oh man. It's it's about time. Everyone, time. let's just take a pause. This has basically been like the topic since we started this entire podcast. Like <laughs> like for wow. years. Like it's like th- no this pressure. is this is the one like we've been waiting on because <laughs> It it literally like if Harris was involved in wrestling, it would be Irwin R. Scheister. So, oh jeez, you know, yeah. Well, don't that's a, that's
0: a lot of pressure to put on me, man. <laughs> but yeah, no. Well, I figured, you know, after the uh, after the few months that I've had, re- you know, dealing with the IRS in in real life. I figured this would be the perfect time for me to deal with the IRS.
1: I'm actually surprised. uh, I I would have thought the opposite. I would have thought you would have been so done with anything accounting (laughs) or IRS related. You would you would have to wait till like, you know, I don't know, December to get back at it. Well,
0: that's part. That's another reason why I waited another week before I did this, because like this time last Sunday, I was like, I don't want to go home and do research on the IRS. (laughs) I gave it a week, and that made it a lot easier. But here's the thing. Here's what I learned because I went into this thinking, okay, we're going to do the IRS topic this week. How's that going to go? The The thing about the IRS and the problem with IRS for this show is that, like, he didn't do anything that crazy. So let me pause for a second and, like, explain to the people who I'm talking about here. This is the man known uh, – born, born Mike Rotunda – Wrestled all over the place, WWF, WCW, spent a lot of time in
1: Japan. And he's the uh, father he's, of who? Uh,
0: Bray Wyatt. And and Bo Dallas, who There we go. The somehow the, the, I've never the, the better up.
1: the better one of the two. We all are in agreement here. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Bo Dallas got shafted in WWE. He was fantastic. Great in NXT, the first champion, or the second champion. First first or second champion. Then came up, the Bo leave. He was great. I I loved Bo Dallas. Well, here's the thing. It's funny to watch because you look at
0: somebody like Bo Dallas or Bray Wyatt and you're like, okay, these people get it. Like these people have really interesting – fun characters, but they're not really given with the exception of Bray Wyatt a little bit more now is the fiend. They're not given a lot to do. They're not given any cool angles, you know, and like I said, with Bray Wyatt, that's changed a little bit, but for a long time, he was just kind of stagnant and you're like, man, I feel like this is a good idea, but they're not letting him do anything. Same thing with Bo Dallas, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, this is just Bo leave. This is really fun. Yeah. And everyone sees the potential in this, except for Vince, which is why that bow leave run only lasted like a few months.
1: Such a shame.
0: So micro Tundas
1: bowing, it was all awesome. Oh, it was perfect, (laughs)
0: perfect. We're gonna do an episode on that one day. It was so great. It was so great. That's the thing. Like a lot of Micro Tunda's career, and I'm we're we're not gonna do his entire career because he wasn't IRS for most of his career. He was just. Mike Rotunda or Mike Rotundo, which is – that's just funny. <laughs> um, he was VK Wall Street for a while in WCW because <laughs> Vincent Kennedy, you get it? It's it's clever, Monday Night Wars. Uh, that very, didn't very stick. He was Michael Wall Street for a while when they got bored of VK Wall Street. Same company, never really addressed – he didn't have that much to do there. He was just kind of a rich guy, like a diet <laughs> Ted DiBiase. It's not, you know, not, not really worth bringing up on this show for the character alone. But right. for a while and for most of his run, most of his later run in the WWF, he was known as Irwin R. Shyster. Uh, If you're keeping notes at home, if you're particularly clever, you might notice that those initials. R I R S. Oh, and yeah. See, it's it's clever, Mark. That's, it's that, that's so much better than I thought. It's what it's it's called subtext. It's a literature term.
1: <laughs> that that's nuanced behavior right there, and we all know that is WWE's right. strong suit.
0: Well, and you and of course, just to complete this picture for anybody who might not know, Erwin R. Scheister's gimmick uh, is that he was a former. IRS agent he was a tax collector from Washington DC so his whole shtick is that he would come out and he would harass the wrestlers and harass the fans in attendance as tax cheats and telling them you know you should pay your fair share and you always have to pay your taxes this is the time and we'll touch on this a little bit this is like the early 90s specifically the run we're looking at a little bit here is from 91 to 94 so early 90s WWF was all about like <laughs> uh, I'm garbage. a wrestler and this is what I do for a living and that's who I am. So we talked about like Dr. Isaac Yankum as Jerry Lawler's <laughs> dentist coming to torment Brett Hart. This is that era. Uh there's a guy yeah, wait, named wait, wait a minute in Harris.
1: Here. Hang on. You know what? It that mm-hmm. was, you know, this was the era of, of, of WWF. And it was the all right, everyone, here's their day job, and it's also their wrestling gimmick. And um how come this never became a thing with Bret Hart? Like he's called the hitman. That, that I mean that, <laughs> that really that should have been played up more. I think this was a big time wasted opportunity during this era. He could have been, you know, being hired to to eliminate certain, you know, problems like that. That could have been great. It would have been terrible. But well, I mean, <laughs> I guess that's the point. It would have been great
0: for this show. But right, right. That's the thing, man. Like this era of WWF history is really funny because the top of the card are like four or five people all time great. Like first ballot Hall of Famer, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Undertaker. And the instant you get below like that tier, like Sean, Mike or Razor Ramon, you know, yeah. diesel for what they would, you know, ultimately sure, become. Sure. Once you get below that tier garbage, <sighs> it's Just absolute it's, hot trash for like 90 percent of all of the shows. Although Just I, I am very
1: thankful for this because this basically is the whole reason there's a Monday Night Wars is because Vince McMahon was this. <laughs> Moronic and this stupid at running his own company that he had no right massive competition because when WW uh, when uh, WCW was bought out by uh, from the Crockett's by uh, Turner in like eighty eight or whenever it was, you know th- that pretty much became nothing because no one cared. Very similar to a lot of WWE stuff we've seen where big corporation and just nobody cared about WC this wrestling thing that they bought for some reason. And uh, just because Ted Turner liked it and no one else did. And so but they had to keep it around because, you know, he's the boss. But uh, so that was bad. But then WWE got so bad that it wasn't that difficult for WCW to become the biggest company within like four years. Like that's how terrible
0: WWE was. And by doing what like the most, at least for a while. It's like the same
1: thing that's kind of happening right now.
0: Yeah, Although on, yeah, a much, a on a bit.
1: much much smaller scale right now but it's it's still similar like i haven't watched wwe in like two years you know it's like once aew co- came around man now's the perfect time. i mean obviously the COVID stuff didn't help that that's not perfect <laughs> but but as far as like the way wwe has been trending and how just unwatchable it's gotten over the past year and a half i mean it couldn't have been better timing for aew well this is like it's interesting to think about like in what WCW did
0: so well and what attracted so many viewers is just the most obvious thing in the world. They were like, hey, what if these guys weren't cartoon characters who just do a job? And that's their entire reason for existing. Well,
1: well but also that was never what was happening in WCW anyway. Like, or Well, they NWA did some or, bad stuff. Right. Oh, yeah, right, sure. I mean, I mean like, they had their like, own stupid of... gimmicks. But right. as a whole, they were right. mostly real, quote unquote, real people. Right. That's what I'm saying. So you
0: get instead of. Razor Ramon, the Scarface man, doing a Scarface impression. <laughs> he's just Scott Hall, right? And he's just there wearing like a denim jacket, and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" Cutting bad promos, but still, like that's what that's what you know differentiates them in my mind from like this early to mid nineteen nineties WWF. Yep. And I will say this to pivot back to. Our dear friend IRS, like he got the most longevity out of this particular heel shtick, right? Like Isaac Yankum. Isaac Yankum lasted like a few months and then they were like, (laughs) all right, get him out of here and then bring him back as fake diesel. It was a whole thing. It doesn't matter. Yeah, there was a lot. Yeah. Glenn Jacobs
1: went through the ringer, man, before he finally scored. Right. We've done episodes on not one but
0: two of his terrible gimmicks in the early '90s, but I, you know, you get guys like, <laughs>
1: and we haven't like, even touched some of the weird. Actually, mm-hmm. we, uh, we have, we, we've, uh, we've talked about the Christmas creature too. That, yeah, yeah, we did. So we've talked
0: about three yep, of them
1: already. All of them. Poor guy. So then,
0: you know, you had other like lesser-known guys like Repo Man uh-huh. or Nails. Just a lot of really terrible nails like, to be an episode. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Some of these we haven't touched on yet, but I think like the only other person who could compete with IRS in terms of longevity is like, I'm a guy and my job is my name and my character
1: is probably Big Boss Man.
0: Yeah. Big Boss Man was, was great. like,
1: yeah, he I actually he he I put him way above IRS to be perfectly honest.
0: Well, he here's the thing about IRS. Yeah, I, I feel like Big Boss Man like sniffed a lot well, because, more important angles. I mean, he a was a main event angles. wrestler for a while. I mean, I mean yeah.
1: Boss Man or Ray Trailer, depending on or um, I forgot what he what was he called in uh, WCW. Like, because we did an episode on that with Big Show.
0: I something similar and yeah.
1: kind of stupid because that's how it what, always goes. I don't remember I mean, what it was, but uh, like he, you know, he he has had you know he i mean he's he's considered you know a, a top performer in, in the business in the history of the business with with you know his stuff so i think he's a little bit higher mm-hmm. level than but that that is a good point cuz that that was where big boss man came from you're right as the he worked at the state correctional facility in georgia Cobb <laughs> county baby yeah holding it down so like oh man
0: so irs is probably not the first but certainly not the last in a long wrestling tradition of like Heels who show up every week, run down the crowd, get booed, and then have a match that they may or may not win, right? Like that was that was kind of his sweet spot for a really long time. And this is this is kind of the difficulty I had looking at this guy for an episode. There's nothing that crazy that happens in terms of like a gimmick match or a big pay-per-view, like blow-off view like blow off feud. Like, you get some of that with Big Boss Man. You get some of that, like, with Isaac Yankum. I mean, it was more of a, like, main event-level feud. This guy has some of that. But a lot of what he does, a lot of what makes him so memorable and so weird is just, like, the promos and the uh, public service announcements that he would cut about people's taxes. He reminds me <laughs> a lot of of Bo Dallas in his original run where he would come out and, like, give some terrible inspirational speech and say, You just have to believe." It would just get just thunderous booze and then go out and have a match. And, you know, like he had an undefeated streak for a while. It was a whole thing. But the whole point is that he's just there to be this schmuck that needles the crowd and just gets some cheap heat. Right. Right. That's what IRS made a living doing. So he would come out and like, for example, he would he would, you know, call everybody tax cheats and talk about how, you know, especially in April. You know, the tax <laughs> deadlines coming up, you know, and just so like I'm telling you, if Harris, if
1: Harris was ever a wrestling mm-hmm. character, one, he would not be a wrestler, but he would definitely be some accountant manager like for some heel faction and, and would constantly be, be on the babyface <laughs> tag team for how they, they've evaded all their taxes and, and all of that. Like, I could see it, Harris. I could see it. You would would know all the terminology. You would know exactly how to how to play that character. Well, I'm glad you bring that up, because here's
0: the thing. Like, in jumping around through this guy's career, I found one or two feuds that I want to touch on. I mostly just have a collection of things he says about taxes that I would like to give my professional insight (laughs) on. Basically, this episode (laughs) is going to be like an informal audit of irs there that's we go
1: of course it is of, that's There's the only title. way it's the only way to do it that is exactly. the title of the episode an informal audit of irs that's a that's fantastic it. episode name so what like the the first thing i want to touch on with
0: this guy with mr Scheister, with irs he doesn't work for the irs anymore like he's pretty explicitly mentioned as being a former irs tax collector who just like has a passion for taxes i guess (laughs) but also for wrestling that's the only reason i can think of for him being here because it's not like it's not like isaac yankum because with isaac yankum jerry lawler showed up and was like guess what Bret hart This is my dentist and he's going to get you like that doesn't (laughs) happen. If he showed up as like a tertiary character and was like, hey, Bret Hart, your finances are wrecked and million dollar man like snitched on you to the IRS. And now I'm here to investigate (laughs) you like that doesn't happen. He doesn't. He just he's just kind of there and he's talking like on behalf of the IRS, but he doesn't work for them. Which is a great heel move like that makes it yeah. 10 times more annoying because you can't even say, oh, well, he's just doing his job. He's not. He's just annoying.
1: And I also and, think and you know, it's another and on that same line, I think mm-hmm. it It, I mean, obviously, I feel like as soon as he came in, it was just a no brainer that he would be paired with Ted DiBiase. But yep. I, that just that whole thing. Again, I don't know much about them as a tag team or any of the stories or, or any of that stuff, and I don't know if you're going to get into it. But I'm just thinking – I was like, that's so perfect because you have the guy who's all about the IRS and taxes with the guy who's the rich, massive person. And it's such a heel move to do that and then be like, no, 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 he's he's great. He's yep. fine. Everything's exactly. fine with him, but all the you people are terrible with all your – like. Yep. that's such a great – I don't know if that's exactly the way it was played, but, like, that's such a great pairing.
0: So I didn't get into the tag team stuff as much because I'm mostly focused on, like, what this man thinks taxes are and how they work. (laughs) That's kind of the focus of the episode. I think we might do this a little bit more in the future. I might dig into some of that because I knew they were in a tag team. I thought the same thing you did, which is, oh, that's perfect and a great heel move that he's constantly chiding like you know Joe Sixpack in the front row for owing $20 in sales tax. But no, Ted DiBiase, he's fine. He's never right. done anything <laughs> sketchy. I don't get into that as much, but you're right. That's exactly what this is. But then he'll come out like this is what's so funny. He'll come out and like at a show in Rhode Island, he attacks the the audience because they live in a state that's just a tax haven for wealthy yacht owners from New York. <laughs> or like New Hampshire doesn't have income tax so he would like scold the fans about that which is the other thing about irs it doesn't make any sense like he doesn't want you to pay your fair share even though that's all he ever says he just wants you to pay more right because like it's not new hampshire doesn't have state income tax number one that's not the irs's business Because the irs is federal this is a state thing Number two, if you don't pay income tax in New Jersey, you're not breaking any laws. <laughs> you're paying your fair share of income tax, which is nothing because there's no income tax. It doesn't make any sense that this man would have a problem with that. Here's what I think happened. This is my kayfabe explanation for Irwin R. Scheister. Being born Erwin R. Scheister, he was like, ah, well, I'm IRS. I guess I have to be the IRS. So he spent his whole <laughs> life working to join the IRS. And take stuff from people. And like as a little kid on the playground, he would like take people's lunch money and stuff and say, well, you got to pay the IRS because <laughs> that's what he heard grownups say. Uh, and then getting to the IRS, they discovered he has a very poor understanding of tax law, fired him. And then he showed up to WWF and just tried to tried to assert his will over people that way. And I'll get to why I that think makes that makes sense. I, I, yeah, I, buy. I think I've got it all figured out, man, because Look, when you break it all down, he he understands some of the basics. Some things, when it comes to tax and tax law, he doesn't really understand. And we're going to start it with seems his finishing like, maneuver. You know,
1: I, again, and I'm sure you're going to get into it, but just on the surface, it seems like he's a guy who knows all the words, but doesn't That's actually a, mm-hmm. know how they are, you know,
0: actually applied. Yeah, like okay, I'll give you an example, and we're not going to go into a lot of specific matches he has because. Like in the ring, he's just like a solid wrestler who mostly loses to upper card guys, but he doesn't do anything that crazy. There's never like a tax return on a pole match or anything fun oh, like that because I think he wrestled a little too early. If he had been a wrestler in like 1998, yeah, we would have gotten <laughs> something insane. <laughs> And I would have done this years ago. Well, he was a wrestler in
1: 1998, but... But you know what I mean. It wasn't
0: IRS. It was VK Wall Street or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like his finishing maneuver was called the write-off. Sure. And it was a flying clothesline, which is... You're kind of onto something. That's a tax term. But like when you write something off on your taxes, that's like a deduction. Like, oh, yeah, I gave money to charity. It's a good tax write-off. That... That reduces your tax Sorry. liability. Right. I don't know why he would have – it, it should be like the audit or something.
1: <laughs> that's a good point. A right off is a good thing.
0: Yeah. Like that does <laughs> – so right off the bat, just from his moveset, you're like, you don't really know what's going on here, do you? I don't know, man. But that's
1: So that's just the
0: – just a high-level view of Mr. Scheister and – It also doesn't
1: help that his last name is literally like a (laughs) G-rated curse word.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, he is a heel. I mean, that kind of (laughs) makes sense. So what we're going to do here, unfortunately, there's no like really crazy feud, crazy blow off, just insane series of events to track throughout this man's career. There's one or two things that i'm going to touch on but the the bulk of what we're going to do here is i'm just going to break down some of his vignettes some of his one or two of his more notable feuds from a from a point of view of like what is this man's tax advice what does he have to say as a self-proclaimed expert on really all kinds of taxes but you would think at least being from the irs income taxes right one thing we find and this was originally like an easter egg on Ooh. a WWE like home video collection of some kind, but Ooh, it's Easter now likes. on YouTube or on the network as a network exclusive. but it's Urban R. Scheister's top ten tax tips.
1: Ooh,
0: and he starts off the, he's yeah, he starts off the vignette by talking about how I bet you people are sitting at home making your own bootleg copies of this right now. and I bet you didn't even see the FBI warning at the beginning of this tape.
1: Already not. Already. Uh, Yeah, that's true. But it's but it's fantastic regardless. (laughs) Well, he's such a control
0: (laughs) freak, which, again, lends credence to my theory that he doesn't actually know that much about taxes, didn't work for the IRS for very long. And it's just kind of a control freak that wants to take stuff from people, whether it be money or joy good heel move. But let's start let, let's take a look at these tips and let's see how they grade in terms of Yeah, let,
1: let's actual That's a great tips. idea. Let's go through these Harris and you can you can give us a grade on how accurate oh, yeah. the each one of these tips are. Mark, this is the entire episode, dude. That's exactly what oh, we're going to do. Okay, so, even better. <laughs> so number 2 Wait a minute. Does that mean we're not yeah. going to talk about how he got on to Tanaka for not paying gift tax on his sacred oh, headdress.
0: Oh, no, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Let me stop you right there, Mark, because that's coming. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Number perfect. 10, stop claiming pets as household dependents. That's a good tip. I mean, I give that an A uh, like, if think, you're doing that. Yeah. That's not even a mistake. That's just, that's it's pretty clear.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially if So right like, off the bat. Unheal yeah. move uh, at giving good advice. Right. Well, he's got, you know,
0: it's going to fluctuate a little bit. But, like, some of the things he says, you're like, yeah, that's technically correct. Uh, number nine, start claiming all the cash you made at your last garage sale. Now, legally speaking, yes, you are supposed to do that. But even in, like, tax classes at university, they're going to tell you, like, realistically, there is a certain threshold that the IRS does not expect you to claim. Right. Isn't does it not like, care about. Isn't
1: like a thousand dollars or something like that? It's it's
0: whatever like the minimum of taxable income is really. So if you're below that and yeah. you I, don't I have enough that's income. Be, yeah. If you don't have enough income to be taxed anyway, then legally you don't have to worry about it. By by the letter of the law, he's correct here. And as I say this, I hope I don't get audited, although the idea of someone at the IRS listening to this and popping me is very funny. By the letter of the law, you do have to claim all of the money you make all the time. In practice, not only does that not happen, it's not expected to happen. I'm going to give this comment a B just because it's not really feasible. It's technically correct, but it's not as big of a deal as stop claiming household pets. Because if you're doing (laughs) that, you should stop immediately. Yeah. Number eight, stop hiding those cash tips under the mattress. I'm going to give this one a C minus because, like, <laughs> it doesn't matter where you put your cash. That's not even a tax tip at all. Like, technically, this goes along with what he said before in that, like, you should claim it. But where you put it, that's not, that doesn't matter. The IRS doesn't care about that. This man just wants to tell you where to put your money in addition to what to claim. So oh, you can put a it under the mattress
1: if you want. No law exactly. against that.
0: It has nothing to do with whether or not it's taxed. Number seven, get rid of that gas-guzzling four-door and walk to work to cut down on those fuel
1: expense claims. Wait a minute. Hold on. Am I dumb for wondering what in the world this has to do with anything? No,
0: it's a little vague. I mean, like, here's the deal. Like, you are theoretically – allowed to deduct either your fuel costs or your mileage expenses that you spend like driving for work. It's a few more hoops you have to jump through, but like theoretically you can deduct either mileage or gas money. As long as you track like, okay, this is exactly how much money I spent on gas all year. This is exactly how many miles I drove during the year. This is exactly how many miles it takes to get from there to my house And this is how many times I drove to and from work. There are deductions you could take related to driving your car to and from work. The amount of documentation you theoretically have to have to pull that off and not get in trouble is a lot. Mm. It's really not that feasible for a lot of people to claim this. Mm. It's certainly not feasible for you to get rid of your car and walk to work for like, so you can avoid taking a deduction that you normally take. Anyway, I'm giving this one a D minus. I don't think it's particularly helpful. I think he understands that fuel expense claims are a thing and he's going to say dumber things. That's the only reason I'm not giving him an F, but it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Don't get rid of your car for the tax benefits. That's, that's not good advice. Uh number oh, 6 man. claim money that you made mowing your neighbor's lawn while collecting unemployment. Uh this wait is a minute, Wait a minute, wait a minute. Say yep. just 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 say that again. Claim the money that you made mowing your neighbor's lawn while you were collecting unemployment
1: benefits. I'm I'm so lost with that entire statement. It seems like yeah, I I'm you're going to have to uh You're gonna have to to delve into this a little bit. So this is a little bit of a uh, this reminds me of like
0: a classic uh, trick question on a test where they like throw in information that's not really relevant. Whether or not you're collecting unemployment doesn't really have anything to do with the situation. This is essentially a restatement of point number nine. You're mowing lawns for you know some spare cash. Right. They pay you in cash. Should you claim that? Again, technically. Oh, it's income, you should. But right, like nobody expects you when you get paid 20 bucks for mowing your neighbor's lawn to get your neighbor to fill out a 1099 so you can claim that cash with the IRS. Not feasible, not something you need to worry about. If you're collecting unemployment benefits, like theoretically those are taxable too, but it has nothing to do with whether or not you claim any other income. Right. That's just him being a jerk. Yeah. And saying, oh, you. I was very confused. With that entire statement. Yeah, I'm giving that another, I'm giving that a a C minus. It's again, like theoretically, should you claim cash income? Theoretically, yes. In practice, no. It's really just an attempt to take a dig at people who are unemployed and say, even though you're unemployed, you're not paying enough taxes. Not good (laughs) advice. Uh, Number five, get a priest to sign off on the receipts for your donations to your church.
1: That seems like a good, like a good tip. Yeah, I mean, I'll give them a
0: B plus for that. Like, if you you want to have that, that's good to have, especially if it's a lot, because you could potentially get audited if you're just pretending you gave away money to your church every year. Right. I also think any church worth their salt, especially now, but even in 1994, you should get like a documented receipt anyway. Especially yeah. if you pay with check or credit card, like you're going to get a form at the end of the year saying, "Right, hey, thanks for giving this money to our church, which you did." Signed off on by you know, this person in charge of finances, like this isn't really, it's good advice. It's not really that big of a hoop to jump through. I'm giving this, yeah, you know what? I'll bump it up. I'll give that an A. That's a good, fair tip. Like nothing wrong with that really. It's not even that heelish. That's just good advice. Uh, number four, business expense claims are for that business, not weekend getaways to Orlando. I
1: I think that's an example of yes, this is a good tip, but also it's so a no duh thing that why did yeah. this have to be a tip?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think mean, he's <laughs> right.
1: Like don't it's the like, same thing as the
0: pets. Like when he's right, he's right. Don't go on vacation with your family and then try to write it off as a business expense. You you are a tax cheat if you do that. I'm not gonna come hit you with the write-off, <laughs> but like yeah, don't do that. You're you're gonna get in trouble, most likely. Number three. Having your daughter's buck teeth fixed does not constitute a proper medical claim. This is actually uh, a pretty tricky one, more or less, because, you know, you could argue that that's a cosmetic medical expense, you know, which would not be deductible. Like if you get liposuction. Right. You that, That's not a deductible expense. If you have a heart attack and you're in the hospital. That is deductible. Right. Um. Trickier, trickier, although, and here's the thing, I meant to look this up earlier and I forgot, so what do you think the answer is, Mark?
1: Uh, I, Harris, I, I, I so don't know about anything. Like, I, I spent <laughs> months having to do my own taxes from this past <laughs> year, and <Yep. laughs> it was a nightmare, and I know I still didn't get all of it right, but I had to, you know... It was more one of those things of like, look, I'm already at four grand. I'm not doing any more like at this point. So I, I kind of understand that a little bit now after the amount of work I had to put in. But as far as this type of stuff goes, Harris, I couldn't even guess.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's fair. He's getting a big old F for this one because orthodontic treatment is literally a deductible medical expense, and it's not even one of those things (laughs) where like, oh, maybe the tax code changed between when I learned it in school and when he took it. No, the tax code changed in 1984 and then didn't change again (laughs) until I was in grad school. Like, it was a pretty huge deal because they were like, wow, this is the first time this has changed in 30 years, and they didn't change braces, so that's just an F, like – I don't know what else to tell you. It's not, it's easy for me to say now because I could just Google it, but I'm sure in 1994 that at least one person was like, oh no, and like (laughs) called their (laughs) accountant freaking out. That's what I'm really rooting for there. But, you know, there's some other, there's, you know, threshold limitations and percentages and things like that. But bottom line is, yeah braces are good like that's considered valid even though technically it's not like a life or death medical expense it's more valid than something like liposuction sure so you're of good. so that's an f <laughs> varying wildly here we're gonna go now to number two try mailing your return on time for a change
1: okay. don't have a okay. joke just do that a plus i mean not hard <laughs> i think this is now number three of Well, yeah. Why did this have to be a tip? Like, (laughs) I I give it an F for, Uh, you don't have to tell me this. Oh, no, I'm just grading this based on, like, accuracy. I understand. I understand, but I'm giving it an F. Because that's (laughs) like, pay your, number one better be, pay your taxes. It's,
0: okay, we'll pause. Remember you said that, and let me just say this, like, this is why, though, that this is such a stupid but brilliant heel gimmick. Because here's Mark. He's not like he's not delivering any of these promos that well. And I think some of that's intentional because he's supposed to be like this annoying dweeb who just happens to be good at wrestling, but like isn't charismatic or interesting. Like it's some of that go away heat. Yeah. But like when you compare him to Bray Wyatt or Bo Dallas, he doesn't have any of their like delivery or charisma. Yeah. It, they're not that good. But it doesn't matter because you're just sitting down with your family to watch a nice evening of wrestling. And this guy's like, hey, idiot, you got to pay taxes. And you're like, no, <laughs> like it works. You know what I mean? And it's funny because one of the uh, one of the feuds we'll talk about takes place in April, and they talk about him like he's Superman who's just been exposed to the sun or something. They're like, "Yeah, IRS is in a really great mood right now because all these taxes are coming up," <laughs> and it's just, yeah, so a lot That's of this crazy. stuff is not like particularly tricky. It's just poking you, you know. It's just being like, "Hey, taxes exist. You got to cut a check soon." Right, Your daughter's got buck teeth like it's just it's nothing. It's just pure cheap heat. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. So number one on this list of top 10 tax tips. I wrote this in all caps because this is how he delivers it. This is like the exclamation point at the end of this promo. Quit your crying and pay what's due or IRS will audit you.
1: There we go. There we go. That's that's what we're looking for. It's not quite what you're gonna do, brother, in
0: terms of like iconic <laughs> wrestling lines, but yeah, the fact that it rhymes is a great touch. It Ultimately, is. though, Mark, it does just pay. It, it does just boil down to, hey, pay your taxes. That's his number <laughs> one tax tip. Factually speaking, I have to give it an A because you should, you should pay what's due. Like right. I don't know, you might not get audited. That's kind of a roll of the dice. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's you should. He's he's correct about that. So that's just a little taste. I could honestly I mean, he probably cut one of these promos every week for like three years when he was doing this gimmick. (laughs) Not to mention all of the time, like all of the guest spots that he would have later in his career as like an agent for WWF. Like Mm -hmm. we talked about this in the Price is Raw episode. He was a contestant. Just so he could make like two jokes about taxes and people be like, "Ah, oh, I get it. That's funny. Yeah, I'm not going to go through all of the different little quirks and lines he's ever done. I am going to comment on one or two more before we get into this feud. He would do this thing where like every episode of Superstars every weekend, he would have like a new PSA with a couple different tips. There were always, you know, like reason number 78 why you should pay your taxes. <laughs> so rich people don't have to work so hard. F. That's <laughs> not why you should pay your taxes. It doesn't it doesn't work like that. Uh. I get like there's an argument you could be make that the, you know the system is corrupt and is more prejudiced towards, you know, auditing poor people i think that that's true like rich people don't get audited as much but that's not why you should pay your taxes it's not explicitly to benefit people like ted dibiase so that's not good tax advice um reason number 114 why you people are such bad tax cheats i don't i don't know if there's actually 113 i wish this was like (laughs) a book because this would make this a lot easier we could just do this for four hours (laughs) You feel like the government owes you something for your miserable existence. Uh, I I think that's at least the D minus. That's not really why people don't pay taxes or intentionally cheat on taxes. I'm giving him a slight amount of credit there and that it's not a full blown F because I'm sure there's one person who's like lying because they're like, screw them. They owe me. But like. It's it's mostly just because, like you touched on, taxes are complicated and right. weird, and you know the more you have, the more complicated they become. So yes, I, good heel Very line. Very complicated. Yep. Um. Still not a great grade on that. Reason number fifty-seven: why you shouldn't cheat on your taxes. IRS will call your boss and make him garnish your wages and cancel your health insurance.
1: All right. And Harris, before you say anything, I'm yep. giving an F to this because there's no way on this planet that he's going to keep track of every single person on this entire <laughs> planet. I'm sorry. It's just it's just not it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Also, that's not exactly the way it works. Like your boss has nothing to do with it. Uh, So I'm F. OK, see, I you, I think you're close. I think you're
0: right in the sense that well, first of all, IRS is a supernaturally determined man, as we'll get to. He's like Santa talk... Claus, but with taxes. Oh man, he kind of is. That's terrifying. As we talk <laughs> about some of this, yeah, like he he will stop at nothing. He's superhuman. If he if he starts to investigate you, wow, you're probably in a lot of trouble. Unless you dotted every i and crossed every t. But I'll I'll give him I'll give him a C plus for this one, just because the actual IRS, the organization, not the human being can garnish your wages if you cheated them or didn't pay what you owe you'll get a letter saying hey you owe us this amount of money and you can either pay it or if you if you have no other options you can be like i can't i don't have this much money on me right now and in that case they will set up a payment plan which just means they they get in touch with you know whoever employs you and they take x amount out of your paycheck every week Uh, But IRS, the man is not going to do that. No, he's certainly not going to get your health insurance canceled. That's not a thing that anybody in the IRS does. (laughs) That's that doesn't exist. So we overreached a little bit on this one. Wage garnishment is a thing, but I'm I'm giving him a C for that. That's not that's that's not super. uh,
1: No, super helpful.
0: So. We're going to skip ahead a little bit. You know, he he debuts in 1991. He's one of those characters, like, th- again, the reason that we're kind of dancing around it a little bit in this episode. Like, if you type in Undertaker or Kane or even Isaac Yankum in, like, the WWE Network search bar, you'll get their debut. Like, it'll pop up. It'll be like, oh, here's some pay-per-views they were in, and here's some famous clips. And one of those clips will be like, Jerry Lawler introduces his dentist, you know, and that's how you get the Isaac Yankum debut, right? Right. That doesn't exist for IRS. Like if you type in Irwin R. Scheister, it takes you to just like some of the things that he does and like an appearance on the funeral parlor segment of the show in nineteen ninety-one. But there's no like IRS debuts thing. Cause he's just not that big of a deal, frankly, <laughs> in terms of <laughs> WWE history. <laughs> But he's just, you know, he's there and he's cutting these kind of promos every week and he's picking on different people. And one of his first big feuds is with Big Boss Man because he's another guy with a job and oh, he's a tax cheat. And what's worse than that is he works for the government and he's defrauding the government that he works for. Ooh, that's just the worst, you know. But we're skipping some of these because just in looking at it, nothing that crazy happens. I mean, a lot of his careers, he'll cut a promo like this, they'll have a match. And then he'll it'll be fine. It'll be like 15 minutes long and then he'll lose and then it will move on to somebody else. Right. But the two things that I want to talk about today, Mark, the two specific things and two specific tax questions involve the undertaker and the aforementioned Tatanka. So we're going to skip ahead to 1994, which is. Probably like 94 and 95 is probably WWF at its worst in terms of like cartoon characters doing their jobs for a living. And this is actually the same year, not only the same year, but the same pay-per-view as Jerry the King and his feud with Doink and Dink and (laughs) – Pink and Stink and whatever their names were.
1: <laughs> this yeah. is happening like at the same time. Go check out it's, our uh, Clowns Are Us voy- versus the uh, Royal Court episode.
0: Oh boy, it's.
1: I think that's it's what it's called. Yep, that's good. Oh man, so the first
0: the first issue that IRS weighs in on in 1994 is the issue of the gift tax. This is a real thing that exists. We'll talk about how well he understands it in a bit. But basically, there's a Native American wrestler at this point named Tatanka. Um, and at some point in his career, it's, it's very stereotypically Native American. This is pro wrestling in 1994. It's, it's pretty bad. Not going to touch on that a lot, but it's pretty bad. But he receives as a gift, honoring the legacy of Native Americans in pro wrestling, he receives a gift from an old retired Native American wrestler named Chief J Strongbow.
1: And the gift is a sacred And 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 and
0: who, who's the other guy?
1: Who no no no, who was Chief J. Strongbow? I don't know. Some wait, other guy. Wait, you you don't actually know. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> well I, that is spin- the uh
0: do what? I spent most of the time focusing on the aftermath I'm about to talk about. I didn't really look into the history of Chief J. Strongbow at all.
1: ah uh, okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Enlighten me i I don't remember what I was going to say about him what. <laughs> I completely forgot. Well, I don't know who he was. It doesn't matter. It doesn't I matter. I thought
0: you were going to say, like, he was Tunda's dad or something. <laughs> like, some something uh, that had some merit on the episode at hand. Okay. No, he was another remember. old, famous Native American wrestler. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the whole... Like, he's... I mean, again, whatever level of, like, stereotyping you're imagining in 1994, just, like, triple that 20 years before, and that was probably Chief J. Strongbow. You know, mm-hmm. he comes to the ring a headdress and he's got a tomahawk and he does like the thing all the time. Like I think he was a little bit native American, but not like full blooded or anything. He was mostly just the guy Mm -hmm. doesn't matter.
1: Big, uh, big, big, big wrestler in uh, the early eighties in uh, Georgia though, Mm -hmm. in Georgia championship wrestling. Like my my dad, remember remember watching him back in the day. Oh yeah. Oh, nice. Well, at this point,
0: He's kind of, you know, he's he's older, he's retired, it's the mid-90s. But he gives Tatanka, the new Native American stereotype in WWF, a ceremonial headdress, which is this nice
1: and touching... and, and to be fair, at least Tatanka was, is an actual Native American.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, no, listen, it could be worse. This is not, it's not like Peter Pan, the movie here. Like, it's not straight up white people just doing whatever they think a Native American shtick <laughs> is. <laughs> and... It, to give them a little bit more credit, like this is presented as a cool thing, whether it's authentic or not, like he's the baby face. It's a good moment. Vince is on commentary and he's like, oh, this is great. You know, it's really moving, whatever. Except one person isn't particularly moved by that. And that, of course, is our friend Erwin R. Shyster, who promptly declares war on Satanka and starts calling <laughs> him out in every promo for failing to pay the gift tax.
1: I uh, I'm on gonna this I'm gonna stop you just, just for one second. Mm-hmm. He was just given this headdress, right? Yeah. And and Erwin yeah, all... R. Scheister, like, in the same segment, comes out berating him for not paying gift tax. Am I correct? Well
0: no 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 it isn't quite that quick. This all takes place, everything I'm about to describe over the course of like three to four weeks
1: okay well okay well then so it's one enough. of those yeah 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 it's
0: not like he was waiting in the wings like ready to run out and yell at this guy it's okay. like you know he's he sees it happening after his match and he's like well that's just not right you know and then the next week he comes out to the ring and he's like listen up all you tax cheats it's april 4th you better pay your taxes in the next week and especially you Tatonka." like that's kind of how it goes
1: gotcha okay that makes a lot more sense yeah 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 so he comes out he's you know
0: it's not a direct confrontation, not quite yet. He mentions it in his promo one week, and again, this is in April, so he gets to chew out everyone else. He's like, you only have four days to pay your taxes, and Tatanka, I'm looking at you. Like, this keeps happening. <laughs> so Tatanka has a match with a guy named, oh, what, how, how do you say his name? He's a martial artist wrestler, because it was 1994, and like, that was... That was the whole deal. I'm trying to remember exactly what his name was. It doesn't matter because it has no <laughs> impact on the um, on the show. I just want to make sure. I...
1: Quang. That was his name. K W A ah. N G. Is that just like a mispronunciation of like a sound hitting something makes?
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: It's like, Quang. hey,
0: what's a what's a vaguely Asian sounding name we can give this guy whose whole thing is like occasionally he does a karate chop in addition to his you know the four wrestling moves that existed in 1994 that's
1: basically all. that's it that's it it's all gimmick Because he just does a karate chop every now and then
0: this is not an episode about (laughs) quang they would just be like oh yeah the martial artist quang and he just looks like your average mid Carter, except occasionally he'll be like what (laughs) Like a judo throw or a karate chop or something. We can do a episode on him later. I I didn't pay that much attention. it's so
1: funny. I just love that idea of just like, oh yeah, his whole gimmick is just every once in a while he would do a karate chop. Well, it's not built that way, but that's effectively what's happened. The way he said that, that was so funny. That's pretty much what it is. As far as I can tell. What does he he do? Oh, just every every two weeks he comes out and gives (laughs) one karate chop and that's his gimmick. It's a big deal when he actually uses it breaks out the chop. Yeah, it's not exact. It's not oh. exactly
0: like strong style. You know what I mean? Oh, it's man. Oh that yeah. Made me laugh. So that, it
1: that was funny. Just that was anyway.
0: Funny. So so Tatanka is in a series of matches with Quang in a real you know worlds collide sort of match situation. Oh. The commentary. It, the commentary during this whole thing is great because it's Vince and Jerry talking about like the implications of the gift tax and like the ethical obligation one has to pay your taxes in, in between some of like just the most horrific Native American jokes by Jerry that you can imagine. Like at one point – I didn't write all of these down because, again, they're – his feud with Quang is not the point of this episode. <laughs> but there's a point where Tatanka is wrestling Quang. And Jerry's like, yeah, I tell you what, speaking of history, every American has been waiting for this for a long time now, ever since Custer's last stand. You know, like if there's one group (laughs) of people that really deserves a little comeuppance, it's the Native Americans. Like (laughs) there's a lot of stuff like that sprinkled in where you're just like, oh, that's that was bad. But it's oh, man. But anyway, while he's making all these horribly insensitive jokes you know, Vince McMahon is doing that thing that the WWF always does, which is like breaking down the actual feud that they're in instead of talking about the actual match with Quang and his, you know, karate chops or whatever. So they're talking about how, you know, well, I, oh, I you know, Jerry is wondering why Tatanka doesn't just pay the gift tax. And Vince says, well, I don't think there's any gift tax due personally. What are you saying, Vince? Are you saying. Are you saying you think that headdress is worthless? And Vince is like, No, I'm I'm saying it's priceless.
1: <laughs> that that's why Jerry Lawler is too good, to be honest. It's, like dude, he's it's, he's he, yeah. he he does not get enough credit. People hate on Jerry Lawler way, way, way too much. I mean, he's he's like top ten all time greatest heel talkers ever.
0: I agree. Well, and the way he's like that's the thing, like the things he's saying about Tatanka are horrible. Right. They are. And this doesn't completely excuse them, but like they are supposed to be like, that is the point. Totanka is the good guy. And every right. time Jerry says something like that, Vince is like, are you serious? <laughs> like, it is horrible. And it's they know it's horrible. That's why he's saying it. But like, yeah, so this is it goes on and on and on. You know, Vince is like, well, it's you know, it's it's priceless. I mean, totanka he, he couldn't even put a price on it. That's how much it means to him. So he doesn't have to pay gift tax on it. And Jerry's like, if it's priceless then that means it's worth a lot of money. So there should be some tax on it.
1: Like they're really getting into the weeds on this. And it's very funny. I just love how See, Vince is like, Vince, you, you, you can't win, man. Like like you can't. Exactly. It, it's like, and that's why Tony Shivani working with Bobby the Brain was so good. Because at some point, Tony Schiavone would just be like, you're an idiot, Brain. And then would just continue on. You know, he wouldn't. Right. You know, you don't fall into that trap. Because exactly. the good talkers are just going to keep zinging you. And clearly Vince was not smart enough to realize that. Well, I'm, I'm talking so, about character broadcaster yeah, events. Yeah,
0: yeah, I knew what you mean. Well, what's funny is you're right. This is a classic and like very well done heel face commentary dynamic. At the same time, this also feels like something we would have argued about in my tax research class in grad school. <laughs> like this is a real thing. Like I took a class <laughs> on estate and gift tax. The two kinds of taxes we're dealing with here in these next two segments. And like. Yeah. Like that's a fair question. If it's an item of like artistic cultural value, like the value comes from the heritage attached to it and it's considered quote unquote priceless. Like what does that mean in terms of gift tax application? Like that's not an easy question. That's not like a, you should pay your tax on time sort of question, you know? So I was poking around with this a little bit. And first of all, I got to give you the best Jerry line of the show, which is he says he's defending IRS in this situation. He says, yeah, I mean, you know, you should pay your taxes with a smile every year. You should pay your taxes with a smile. And there's a beat for like two seconds. And Vince says with a smile. And Jerry says, yeah, but unfortunately, I tried that one year and they wanted cash. (laughs) But yeah, that's great. That was a very good one. Oh, I love it. It's terrible, but it's, it's great. Gr- that no, was,
1: that's that's wonderful.
0: That's a good. It's the delivery too. It's the right. pause and the way he says it, and then he cackles. Oh, it's perfect. But this is the argument, right? They go back and forth, and Vince says, "Well, it's priceless. You know, it's it's an item of tremendous, you know, cultural value to him. It's a priceless item." And Jerry says, "If it's priceless, then it should be worth something, right?" And Vince says, "Well." Not in the eyes of the U.S. government. Like, they're having this weird technical (laughs) debate about the gift tax.
1: It sounds – Harris, it sounds like to me like this was a real missed opportunity for this audio to not be used in your graduate program. I know. I know. Well, I thought about that. I was like, man, if this had come up like three or four years ago, like
0: I would have actually – been in a class and like had access to software where i could have really like written a paper about this like i had research (laughs) essays i would have to do where you would have to like pull different primary and secondary sources and like this is a tricky question but let me finish the wrestling part of this storyline first because what happens is the first time that Tatanka has this match with quang or when our shyster comes out and he stands there at ringside and he starts to make a move to look at the headdress, to examine it, you know, to to appraise it and see how much it's worth. And Satanka runs him off because this is a sacred ceremonial headdress. You can't right. be touching it. You know, it makes sense. So, you know, WWF always trying to give the people what they want, reschedules the match with
1: Quang for the next week on Raw. I, I love every time you say it, it sounds like you're hitting a garbage can.
0: I know, man. I kind of want to look more into this character in the future because I have questions (laughs) now too. And I wasn't focused on him; I was focused on the other two people involved here. I think think this was a missed
1: opportunity here.
0: Well, I didn't. You know, this is a rich, deep dive, as we'll talk about later in the the second view that I want to talk about with IRS. But he says the same thing happens, right? It's the same. They're having the match. Jerry's making his Native American jokes. They're talking about the IRS. They're talking about the gift tax. They're having this weirdly technical conversation about like one's ethical obligation to claim and pay the gift tax, which is funny only for people like me who have actually had to study stuff like that. And IRS makes his way back down to the ring and he's sitting there and he's stroking his chin and he's looking at the headdress. And Vince is like, what is he doing? He's got no business being here. And Jerry's like, he's probably just conducting an itemized appraisal. And Vince says an an itemized appraisal that's not a real thing. If we're auditing Jerry Lawler, he gets an app because that just doesn't exist. That's nothing. That's just two words that sound like taxes.
1: I was like, "You fooled me. I bought yeah. it." No, it's
0: not a real thing at all.
1: And, you know, Sounds Jerry real to know. me. I mean, I, yeah. I would I, I'm in.
0: So, but he's, you know, he's he's looking at the headdress. He's examining the headdress and finally he makes another grab at it. Um Tatanka tries to stop him, gets green mist in his face from Quang, because, you know, Quang is Asian, and that's what (laughs) Asian wrestlers do. He spits green mist in his face. Quang just bails. Like, he doesn't even pin him, I don't think, unless I'm forgetting. I'm pretty sure he's just gone. IRS runs into the ring, beats up the poor, blinded Tatanka, does that thing, you know, where you strap his rope his his arms into the ropes so he can't move he's just got to sit there and thrash around like you know macho man when he gets bit by the cobra right it's like that he's trapped he can't escape and then he gets the headdress and rather than finishing his itemized appraisal (laughs) or doing anything remotely resembling not a wrestling heel he just proceeds to rip the headdress to pieces and like (laughs) stuff it into Tonka's (laughs) mouth At one point, he puts like the tattered shreds of it on and does the thing and then, you know, just dances in front of him. Jay Strongbow comes hobbling out. He's old and overweight. He's very retired. IRS kicks the crap out of him, keeps tearing the thing up, (sighs) stuffs it into Tatanka's mouth. Jerry Lawler says, oh, he looks like Sylvester. I thought I saw a putty tat. Vince Vince says one of the greatest lines in WWF history, which has gone unrecognized. He says, how dare you? How dare anyone? And I just thought, yeah, that's a pretty good one. How dare you? How dare anyone?
1: That's the way I feel every time I watch WWE programming. Right, exactly. So you got to put that in.
0: I'll I'll send you a clip. You can put that in our intro because it's just.
1: Oh, that's a great. uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. That definitely fits with our show. It's pretty perfect. I'll slide it in right after um, uh, Marty Scroll mispronounces our name. (laughs) Which has been in there since it happened. Like, (laughs) I don't know if you've ever listened to our intro, but, you know, I mean, that's been in there ever since then. perfect okay so now like here's the thing if this had happened
0: and then eventually like he he destroys the ceremonial headdress stuffs the feathers into tata's mouth which is terrible but a great heel touch flees the scene as you know reps are flooding the ring and they're doing that thing where they're like hey cut it out quit it like waving their arms around (laughs) flees the scene and you would think like this is the thing if this had happened in 1998 we would get something ridiculous out of it. We would right. get like a peace pipe on a pole match. Like it would have been terrible. <laughs> oh, we would have got. you know what I mean? Amazing. We would have like a TP TP Inferno
1: match, like something ridiculous. <laughs> that sounds, Oh, this is such a disappointing, this is such a missed opportunity because here's the thing, Mark. There's not really like any entering blow off to this. Like uh, like kinda, an in, like, like an Indian sacred burial ground buried alive match. Yes, there's not even a Pai Indian strap match, Mark. <laughs> if ever there was a which, time for a Pie Indian strap which, match. Which I don't understand. I don't know why, Harris. But for some reason, over the past week, we had a surge of listens for that episode. <laughs> I, I I don't know why. Nothing happened. We got like uh, we got like eighty listens to. That, one, which, that episode was already one of our most listened to episodes. Like, it's in our top five all-time listens. But for some reason, this past week, it just exploded with, with so listens. Weird. And I don't know why, but it is fantastic. And it's one of my favorite things I've ever talked about. I mean, all three of the matches were great. But that whole Yapapai Indian Strap match is one of the funniest things I'd ever seen in my entire life. Just everything about it is great. The fact that the whole thing it's a mispronunciation of what it was supposed to be just makes it amazing. And then they just, they just had to go with it because no gets promo. He said it wrong. So they just, right. They just had to go with it from then on. You're like,
0: that's what it's called now. That's fine.
1: Uh, oh man. That, that is, that is true. And, and it ended with a pin and a strap, like everything about that was just wonderful after right. all the rules and Tony Shivani trying his hardest to anyway, that, that that's yeah. a great example of the genius of Tony Shivani during that era of WCW is is that whole feud in the first place but anyway go go listen to that go listen to our yap by Indian strap match episode that's a good one too but
0: well that's the I'm very
1: disappointed with this
0: I know well that's the thing about this guy's career is it's hard to find a natural like culmination point like that match where you just say Oh, well, yeah, that's like where we in the episode. Yeah, because like the next I was like, OK, I must be missing something. And I go to the next night on Raw and he's just fighting another jobber like in the you know oh. the beginning of the card. And like Vince and Macho Man, who's on commentary, are talking about how, you know, horrible that thing he did was. And it's really cool that like Chief J Strongbow gave a really powerful interview about it afterwards. And, you know, I Macho Man saying, well, I guarantee you this he won't get away with it. You know, I bet he's a marked man and Satanka's is going to get him. And then you like start looking through the next few episodes, like waiting for the match or the blow off, and they're they're just fighting other people and feuding with other people, like nothing really huh. <laughs> happens.
1: That what that's disappointing. They just kind
0: of keep going. And it's weird. But here's the thing like as disappointing as the wrestling payoff may have been, unless it's one of those things where they did it on like some show I've never heard of that isn't on the network, I I don't think there's any real blow off. Right. But we got to talk about the real topic this week, which is the tax implications of the question. Sure. I have actually done a little bit of real life research here looking at um, the IRS website, irs.gov, frequently asked questions on gifts taxes. Remember, this is his whole rationale for doing this. And as he's marching off after tearing up the headdress, he actually says, this is your own fault you should have paid the gift tax to Tonka because Jay Strongbow made him this valuable gift, this invaluable gift of a priceless item, and Tatanka didn't pay the gift tax on it. Well, let's take a look at what the gift tax actually is and what that means and who pays it. Uh, question number one, what is considered a gift? The answer is any transfer to an individual, either directly or indirectly, where full consideration measured in money or money's worth is not received in return. Okay. Basically, a, a gift is a gift, right? right. That's not a right. particularly – it was It was given directly. There was no – he didn't pay him for the headdress. Right. Who pays the gift tax? The donor is generally responsible for paying the gift tax. <laughs> F. <laughs> You had two options. You picked the wrong one. Tatanka never had to pay any gift tax for anything ever. Frankly, I'm pretty sure that you could do some research and say because this is like a work of art of significant historic and cultural value, it's exempt from the gift tax. I'm pretty sure you can make an argument for that. That's genuinely like a graduate-level assignment to get to the bottom of that question. IRS got the most basic thing wrong about this whole thing. He gets an F. No further questions. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. <laughs> the only thing that was never going to happen, regardless of the price of this headdress and whether gift tax was owed and who paid it, the only thing that was never going to happen was Tatanka was going to pay the gift tax. <laughs> Straight zeros.
1: Oh, That's an F man. for you, sir. Absolutely That's fantastic. whipped on that.
0: Also destroyed that headdress for nothing.
1: That's fantastic.
0: Yep. That was a pretty that's so that's the closest thing we have to any actual payoff unfortunately but moving on
1: we have oh, discussed more. a few
0: of IRS's tips for individual income tax some of which are so correct that they kind of fail to be tips because they're so obvious right. some of which are so wrong that they fail to be tips because they're just wrong Yep we've now touched on the gift tax a little bit we're going to conclude uh, you know start to bring this episode home a little bit by talking about the estate tax. Okay. Mark, this is now, the, all that took place in April, like I said, when uh, IRS's evil powers are kind of at their peak because of, you know, tax season and he can anticipate all those, all those tax penalties coming due that he gets to go look at. We're now in October. So actually, just after the October 15th deadline, which makes a lot of sense in retrospect. He's still, he's got that afterglow from the fall deadline, I suppose. <laughs> um, we join our hero, Mr. Schyster, outside of the local funeral home. Uh, there's a there's a hearse behind him. Like, this dude's fresh. Whoever just died. And IRS starts to cut a promo, and he reminds us that there's only two short sure things in life. What are those, Mark?
1: Um, I would assume it would be death and taxes.
0: Correct. A match made in heaven. See again, it's subtext. It's it's really clever. The juxtaposition of Death and taxes. It's, it's really be, high to level. To be honest, stuff. though,
1: for a wrestling promo, it's great.
0: It's not, yeah, no, it's not bad. Like he said it, and you're like,
1: oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it does work. So he's, you know, he, he tells us the only two sure things in life are death and taxes. And while this poor soul, and then he does this great thing where he stops and he looks down at the ground and is somber for like two seconds and then goes back up and keeps delivering his promo, certainly knows all about death. I'm willing to bet that when he was still alive, this poor soul, and he doesn't quite use air quotes, but like you can tell that's what he's going for, conveniently forgot to pay his taxes or he intentionally cheated. And in my line of work, that's known as a red flag situation. (laughs) F, that's not a thing that exists. (laughs) There is like – there's a system in place where the IRS can like check what your employer said they paid you versus what you said they paid you. Like there are systems in place for them to use. At no point is there something called a red flag situation and somebody dying is not a red flag situation because <laughs> that happens kind of a lot and they do not have the manpower to handle that many red flag situations. That's another
1: F. He seems to be going
0: downhill. Well, here's the thing. He's going to kind of bounce back a little bit. There's going to be, he's very hit or miss. That's kind of the theme that I notice with this guy. He, says, and he goes on to say, you know, he's, he's got a hunch that this guy was up to something and he's going to find out what, and then he closes his promo and he says, and remember, even after they drag your frozen carcass into the funeral home, you still have to pay your taxes.
1: Uh, well, um, I mean, I guess in a way, but 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 what – what there are no more taxes Un- unless well, you see, like have outstanding things that you haven't paid yet. Then I guess your family has to pay it, but you're right. not going to be doing anything. See, here, yeah, you, you, you pretty much
0: nailed it. I was going to give him an A on a technicality in the sense that even after you die, there still must be one final tax return filed stating that you died. Like the tax return is for – All of your activity in a given year, if you just filed your 2019 tax return, you know, it's now 2020, it doesn't matter if you died on January 1st, 2019, you would still have to file one final 2019 tax return saying, hey, this dude's dead now.
1: Well, you wouldn't, but someone would have
0: to. Correct. One would have to file it. So this is the, uh, this is the dilemma I'm in now. I was going to give him an A because technically you, even in the year you die, Still must pay taxes, or at the very least file a tax return. But technically, you're not doing the filing, so I'll give, right. him, I'll split the difference. We'll give him a C on this one because a tax return must be filed. Sure. And theoretically, you owe taxes for the year 2019, even right. if you died during that year. But right. you know, it's not like you yourself have to file or pay. It's kind of out of your hands at that point. So right. we'll, we'll 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 pass on the question for now, and we'll just see how he handles this next week, because this is going to be an ongoing series that in the last episode of this, he refers to as his tales from the crypt, but it's not like officially called that because they didn't think of it until <laughs> the last thing that they shot. I'm pretty sure. So we now get to this point We tune in next week and now instead of standing outside of the funeral home, which is a little tacky, but like you can't stop him. He's now standing at the grave right. of one John Doe spelled like the pillsbury Doughboy, like d-o-u-g-h which is just kind of <laughs> funny because i guarantee cute. you that wasn't on purpose they just don't know how to spell john doe right and he is absolutely mark he's cutting a promo on the tombstone he's not even looking at the camera he's like so you thought being six feet under you wouldn't have to pay your taxes anymore <laughs> well you were wrong like it's it's always a little bit like Southpaw, but at this point it is now straight out of Southpaw <laughs> regional wrestling. This is one of those moments where you're like, Oh yeah, this was real. Like wrestling was really like this for a while. They weren't just making that up. He is cutting a promo on a dead man and not like, Ooh, That's the undertaker, amazing. like a literal dead human. Ah, right. uh, so again, as we've established, you do technically owe some taxes or at least need to file a tax return in the year you die. But kind of on a technicality it's not his job right so irs is standing there and he's and he's cutting the promo and well you were wrong and it seems after a thorough review of your september 15th quarterly taxes i believe i found an error first of all (sighs) quarterly payments are due october 15th not september 15th so that's wrong (laughs) that's another f but he says I'm sure you and your family enjoyed your little girl's birthday dinner, but you see that dinner wasn't tax deductible. And we've swung all the way back to the other side uh, of the podium here because, yeah, yeah, you're that's an A. Like, you're correct. You shouldn't right. have tried to deduct going out to dinner with your family on your tax return. You can't do that. Right. He's got you on a technicality. I give him an A for that. But his solution— he, he comes to the conclusion that this man, John Doe, owes one hundred and twenty one dollars and thirty seven cents. So he says, maybe if I repossess these fresh flowers, that'll settle your debt. And then he takes all the flowers that are at this guy's grave and throws them to the side.
1: Um, You know what? No, nope, not even going to. Nope, I got nope. Nothing, I got nothing.
0: For those of you playing at home, uh, the IRS can't do that, first of all. Second of all, it seems like this guy just died like a week ago. He was under no obligation to claim or file or pay anything until the end of the year. Like they don't right. come for you immediately afterwards. Right. Uh, they certainly <sighs> – while they will, and I touched on this before, they can garnish your wages like to get the money that they owed if they prove that you owe it. Repossession could theoretically happen. It's not going to happen over hundred dollars worth of flowers. <laughs> like if they take anything, it's going to be because you owe like tens of millions of dollars, and they take your house. Right. That's super rare. They're not going to take a hundred dollars worth of flowers because I don't know if you know this, Mark. The only thing they really care about is getting cash. Right. As Jerry so astutely pointed out, it, you can't like you can't liquidate flowers for a quick $121.37 and then put that money in the bank. No. Like he doesn't work. So again, that's another F. (laughs) Forget the fact that this man does not work for the IRS. Even assuming that he went, sold the flowers himself, and then gave the money to the IRS, I'm pretty sure they'd be like, how did you get access to this man's tax information? That's all very (laughs) classified. Because this man doesn't work for the IRS. Right. It's never been established canon. I'm pretty sure that's only because Vince McMahon didn't want to get, like, sued by the federal government.
1: Probably. You know what I mean? In the same way that, like,
0: he never had a guy who was explicitly an FBI agent. Right. Like, that just wouldn't happen. Yeah. Either way, he doesn't have the right to know everything he knows about this guy.
1: And it's going to keep
0: happening because we come back next week. And now, not only has he repossessed the flowers— He's still in the cemetery. Nobody's kicked him out yet. That hasn't happened. He's now dug the man up and oh is standing my. in a cemetery next to a big old hole with a giant casket. Freshly gotten this guy out of the grave <sighs> and he's still cutting the promo on him. Said, you know, some people thought that last week I was going too far. Well, I disagree. And now he's, turning to the camera because at this point I don't know I guess he figured John Doe got the point but he says because it's a fact of life that all persons living or dead have to pay IRS if your beneficiaries had paid your burial tax instead of splurging on this expensive casket I wouldn't have had to
1: interrupt your little dirt nap you know what Harris I'm just gonna pause here for a second um um so we're we're talking about professional wrestling, mm-hmm. and this is a professional wrestler. Most <laughs> professional wrestling angles are where you put a wrestler versus another wrestler, and you have <laughs> yep. them build up to a feud and have some matches yep. and stuff like that. You don't usually have a wrestler versus nobody building up yep. to nothing. Yep. So what is going
0: on? <laughs> well, well, we will get to that in a minute. But no, you're absolutely right. And I thought about that too watching this because it has been like in real time, it's been like three weeks at this point. It will be a little bit longer by the time another wrestler is finally introduced to the equation. This is just week after week of a heel running down some normal person who's already dead and just making the audience go, huh, well, this guy's a bit of a jerk. That's all that's (laughs) happening here. That's all that's being accomplished. Again, there's not like That many great wrestling feuds you can point to with this guy, which is why I've spent this whole episode just analyzing his knowledge of the tax code (laughs) and trying to find some other way to string a narrative together. In this case, he talks about a burial tax. Now, I'm not telling you that doesn't exist. I am telling you I didn't learn about that in school and I have two degrees in accounting. If it does exist, I'm pretty sure it's just like a sales tax that's like on your receipt for the funeral, you know, like the same way I have to pay a $3 sales tax if I get like breakfast delivered on Uber Eats or something. If you have a funeral, you have to pay some burial tax to go with it. I can promise you that that's not the department of the IRS to see if you paid it and if you didn't pay it. Dig you up out of your grave. That's not even a repossession. That's just petty, right? He's not repossessing anything this week. He just dug him up. I don't know. I I guess because he wasn't allowed to be buried since he hadn't paid the burial tax. I sure. That's another F. That's not how any of this works. Once again, I don't think this man actually knows that much about taxes. I'm pretty sure he's just kind of a jerk. And then the next week, we return. Oh, no. It's been almost a month of these little video packages at this point. And the IRS, is he starts by giving us a recap of his investigation so far. <laughs> and, you know, he's like, "While some people think I may have been stiff. I was constantly able to dig up new infractions, and the penalties were assessed swiftly. Like, it's just... Again, none of these have been well-delivered, and I don't know how much of that is like him as a performer and how much of that is just intentional because he's supposed to be a heel. But at this point, for those of you keeping score at home, he's repossessed the flowers. He's dug the man up with the body in it, not explained, presumably still in the casket. Right. Surely, surely, Mark, there is nothing left for him to unlawfully, by the way, repossess, right? Right. Right. You would think so. But no, actually. No. IRS has repossessed the man's actual literal burial plot in order to pay (laughs) off the massive amounts of back taxes. He doesn't even go into detail about what these are anymore. Like, at least with the first one, you're like, okay, yeah, your daughter's birthday dinner, not deductible. We've we've blown past that. He's not even Mm -hmm. providing explanations anymore. He just nails a sign to the ground in front of a big empty hole. That says IRS, property of IRS. And like, again, taking aside the fact that he doesn't have the legal right to do this, the IRS does not want to own your hole in the ground because they can't get cash out of it. Right. I think he I, just took this for himself, and I don't know why.
1: I, I think so. I, that's what I'm leaning towards.
0: So then he looks at the camera and – Basically gives some, you know, semblance of the same thing he's been saying every time, which is just because you're six feet under doesn't mean you can stop paying your taxes, which, again, while Uh, technically correct, is not actually how any of this works in the way he's gone about it. And then he looks at the camera and says, rest in peace. Oh, boy. And then and then the segment's over. At this point. Once again, it's been four weeks of airtime for these little segments. Uh, No wrestler has ever been mentioned once, like at all, in any of this. They've been building up to a lot of other things, like the Clowns R Us match that's coming up at Survivor Series. And the big main event, which is a match for the title between Yokozuna and The Undertaker. And it's a casket match. And Mark, I want you to guess, and you will never in a million years guess this unless you already know. I want you to guess who the guest referee is for the casket match between The Undertaker and Yokozuna. Uh,
1: Guest referee is um, uh, Pee Wee Herman.
0: No, but wow, that would be fun.
1: No, Uh, You said never in a million years, so we went for it. Now I really want that. Now I got to rewatch Pee Wee Herman's thing from uh mm-hmm. WrestleMania uh 27 with who uh, with the uh, Mean Gene and 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 the Rock. That was that was a great segment. One Could of the few positives though. about that WrestleMania. Hmm. <laughs> Which has also been discussed elsewhere on this show. Yes, it has.
0: No, it's not Pee Wee Herman. It's not even IRS, which would have been kind of dumb, but at least made some semblance of sense, right? Because he could be like, I want to perform an itemized audit of this casket while it's happening or something stupid
1: like that, right? Right.
0: No, no, it's Chuck Norris.
1: <laughs> even it's better. Chuck Norris. That's wonderful. That's fantastic. They're like,
0: yeah, everyone, check it out. It's the star of Walker, Texas Ranger, there Chuck Norris. Go. That's
1: it's- great. great.
0: It's genuinely great. And he comes out and he's so, he's, he's just so cool. He's got the hat. He's got a jacket on. He's got the boots. He's, he knows exactly how to play it up for the crowd. I was not expecting any of this to happen when I started doing this episode. I was kind of blown (laughs) away. I was just like, okay, well, this is, this is certainly something.
1: Unexpected Chuck Norris is is definitely solid. It was pretty weird. So they have, you know, I, I kind of fast forward through the casket
0: match. I'm watching this and I'm thinking, okay, okay, okay. When's it going to happen? When's the outside interference going to come in? And finally you hear the announcers go, whoa, 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 hang on. Who is this? Somebody's approaching the ring. And Chuck Norris kind of turns his back to the ring and it's a casket match, you know, so it's not like you need a ref in the ring counting pinfalls. They have some other officials at ringside to like document when the casket is closed. Right. Chuck Norris is mostly there to prevent nonsense like this from happening. Sure. Like shenanigans <laughs> from breaking out. <laughs> So he turns his back to the ring and faces the ramp. And I'm like, oh, OK, here it comes. And sure enough, uh, it's 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 Jeff Jarrett who <laughs> wants to prove how tough he is to Chuck Norris. I don't know if he was in a feud with The Undertaker before this. I don't know what's happening at this point, Mark. I have no idea. Comes oh, storming man. down to the ring. Chuck Norris roundhouse kicks him to great applause. It's It's pretty great. And then they're like, wait, somebody else is coming. Who is that? And I'm like, oh, okay. well, this must be him, right? It's Bam Bam Bigelow. Comes running down the (laughs) ramp. Again, don't know the story here. Don't know what's happening. Don't know if this is if he has beef with The Undertaker, if he was trying to stop or save Jeff Jarrett. I have no idea while he's standing off with Chuck Norris and trying not to look like he's scared. And Chuck Norris looks so cool. Like he's just, he's doing the same thing he does in all of his other works. He's just standing there looking like a badass. Yeah. And that is when IRS comes charging into the ring, locks in a sleeper hold on the undertaker undertaker passes out. IRS dumps him in the casket and then scampers away. Nice. I don't know why. Cause like, Up until this point, he hasn't said anything about the Undertaker except for saying rest in peace. It's not one of those things. It's not one of those things where the Undertaker was like, you said my catchphrase. So now we're going to fight. It's like he was investigating this dead person and then was like, I know somebody (laughs) else who's dead that I can investigate. It's something like that. Right. But he does it too early. The Bam Bam Bigelow interference lasts for too long. And the Undertaker is able to get back up, incapacitate Yokozuna, dump him into the casket, which is like this extra fat casket because it's yeah. Yokozuna, and slams the casket lid shut. So after all that, he doesn't even cost Undertaker the match. Wow. He just kind of annoys him, which is the saddest like heel interference of all time.
1: Yeah, that's But pretty also bad.
0: very funny because he just... He doesn't even like, yeah, he doesn't even warrant like that much of a feud. Yeah. And that's kind of why I end with this moment with this insane Chuck Norris triple interference finale and not with. And then they went on to have a feud at the Royal Rumble and the Undertaker (laughs) hit him with a choke slam and pinned him in one because that's what happened. And it's not that interesting. Right. Like you get a couple more fun promos where the IRS is like. Soon you'll see Undertaker that not even you cannot pay your taxes. But like, we've already seen him dig a man up out of his grave. Like, there's nowhere else you can go with that. Right. In terms of escalating insanity. And it doesn't merit any sort of, yeah, like, you know, estate tax on a poll match or anything like that. Like, nothing that exciting happens. He just loses the next feud to Undertaker. And then goes to WCW and becomes VK Wall Street. Like that's that's kind of it for his main run as IRS. And once wow. again, while he's not as flagrantly wrong as he was about the gift tax, while estate tax, number one, is a thing. It's only due if you owe like a ludicrous amount of money. I took a class on this in college, and I mean it's literally like millions of dollars in your estate. At that point, it becomes taxable. Otherwise, like the exemption for it, the floor is so high that it doesn't impact a lot of people, especially not the lower class people that he's trying to you know, heckle as a heel on this show. Yeah. And while technically you do have to file a final income tax return in your name after you die for the year in which you died, that's not really your responsibility. There certainly isn't something called a burial tax that would lead the IRS (laughs) to come dig you back up again. So I'm giving this guy another F. I really, like I said, I think you nailed it at the very beginning. He knows the words. He knows some of the words. This man does not have a good idea of what's going on here. I'm pretty sure he like, he grew up believing his destiny was to work for the IRS worked for them for like six months and then got fired because <laughs> he didn't actually know what was going on. And then just came to WWF. That's my conclusion for the life and work and career and not quite death because he didn't even have like a burial match with the undertaker, but just the, the end of Erwin R Scheister. And I want to conclude Mark with this little vignette. Um, this was on, a new WWE show that they put on the network. It's called the bump. It's sort of this weird, like talking smack or, you know, WWE on Fox, like wannabe talk show. It's just Caleb Braxton and a couple other panelists, like interviewing people and doing sort of, you know, like an SB nation show sort of right. Song and dance routine. Never watched an episode in my life uh, until I started doing research for this. And I found an interview with IRS on okay. the Okay. This is an episode that was recorded just as COVID was, you know, becoming a serious concern. It actually aired on April 15th. And this of is course. why, you know, they, they bring him on and they've got poor Mike Rotunda like in his house. Cause it's all being done remotely and he's got a right. suit on and he's, you know, he's getting back in character for the first time in 20 years. And, you know, the first thing he says is, well, you know, I know a lot of people are extending their taxes because of COVID. And I just want you to know, Kayla, that I did some research and I know you had an extension on your tax return next year. And I just wanted to give you fair warning that you're on my list this year. (laughs) Which is funny and, you know, it's a fun little character bit. And he goes on to, you know, give most of the interview. It's like just – it's questions about his career, right? Like your experience in this tag team and VK Wall Street versus Mike Wall Street and your time in Japan. But here's what I want to touch on for a second. It's not – Illegal or even frowned upon to take an extension on your tax return. (laughs) In fact, it's encouraged. Literally nobody at the IRS has ever cared or will ever care if you legally extend your taxes by six months. Right. Also, he shouldn't have known that about Caleb Braxton at all because that's some classified information. Right. We already know that this guy's into some shady stuff. Yeah. No. Like he invaded her privacy, possibly stole her identity. In order to divulge this information, wow. which doesn't do him any good and is not threatening
1: right. to her at all.
0: <laughs> it's also very funny that nobody else on the show knew anything about that. She was just like, oh, no, I guess I'm on the list. I'll have to watch out. And I was like, you won't have to watch out. But nobody knows that. That's funny. So that, was, that was just, that was, you know, that's a funny little note I wanted to close on. Fun throwaway. This man still knows nothing about taxes note. And then I learned one more thing. And that's that Mike Rotunda was furloughed by WWE and eventually released due to COVID concerns. And Mark, he was released from his job on April 15th, 2020. Wow. <laughs> they fired IRS on tax day. Wow. Some things There's just write like, themselves. Dude, I, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But what an end. What an end to the career of Mike Rotunda. Wow. My goodness. That is just, I think I'm the first person, other than probably himself, to realize the irony at work here. That's probably <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever discovered in this entire <laughs> podcast.
1: That's pretty, That that's fantastic. That is there's fantastic. A non,
0: it might have been pre-taped, but there's a non-zero chance he was fired like 20 minutes after doing that interview for The Bump. And he was still wearing his IRS costume when he got fired.
1: Oh, there's, there's a, a real chance, chance that about that. that. Happened. I mean, we know all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that, that makes perfect sense. Yep. Oh, so that's,
0: man. That's the real end of the story of IRS. And you hate to celebrate it. I assume he's OK financially. That's just so terrible, but so yeah. perfect at the same time.
1: And that's oh, the end man. for now. That's, that's all I got. All right. <laughs> Well, thanks for sticking with us, folks. <laughs> a double edition of behind the gorilla. That's what happens, man. We got to make up for lost time. That's what, that's what yeah. we got to do
0: here. Because well, I had to I had to implement all of my actual expertise. Because it's he been like six months anything.
1: since Harris has done a topic, so we had to do a two hour one. Just you know, just to make up, yeah. just to make up. I went to school fact. for five years and got two degrees to give you guys that episode. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> well, I I do too because that was that was that was great. There there was some there was some great moments we we got to enjoy. this we laughed. We, we didn't cry. We pretty much just laughed and rolled our eyes. But it was uh, it was wonderful. So that's the uh, that's the episode of Erwin R. Scheister, aka IRS. And um, oh man, make sure uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter, folks, at behind underscore gorilla. Also, Instagram at behind underscore gorilla for mostly David Arquette related stuff and Mm -hmm. stuff that, you know, when our episodes come out. Uh, You can also follow me on Twitter at Mark Mark Brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So if you
0: guys have any other IRS quotes or assertions of expertise about the tax code, uh, hit us up. Run it by us. And I mean, if it's hard, I won't do like that much research, but I'll at least take my best guess at it. I'll give them a letter grade. It'll be fun.
1: Yeah. Hopefully yeah, nobody has
0: to worry about their taxes right now because uh, the last deadline was October fifteenth.
1: Yeah, it'd be even rough. if you
0: extended. So these are the only tax questions I'm hoping to have to answer. Let's put it that way right. for the next few months.
1: <laughs> Let me know, hit us up. It'll be fun. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. This has been Behind the Gorilla, and uh, we will talk to you. Well, not maybe not next week. Who knows? Ne- next time we'll talk to you. Next time, next time we do an episode.